With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. On the draw, Helm up with it. Here's McCarr. Here's the ball. Arturi Lekkonen has scored. And for the second straight year, he sent his team in overtime to the Stanley Cup final. Panarin tried to whack it in front. Final seconds ticking off. Tampa Bay wins. They're on to the Stanley Cup final for the third year in a row. Well, the Stanley Cup is the oldest of all the trophies in North American sport, and it's the one of the most impressive to look at as well. It was first awarded way back in 1893 in what is known as the Challenge Cup era. Fast forward now to 2022, and in the modern era, the Tampa Bay Lightning are vowing to win it for the third straight year, an achievement not reached since the glory days of the New York Islanders in the early 80s. Standing in their way, though, of uh, making this history are the Colorado Colorado Avalanche and the best of seven series due to start tomorrow in Colorado. And joining us now from the other side of the world, in fact, Ontario, Canada, to help us preview that matchup is the Athletics' Sean McIndoe. Welcome to uh, our show. Welcome to New Zealand, Sean. Hey, thanks very much. I love, uh, love talking some hockey with you guys. Yeah, absolutely, and it's a, the, exactly the right time to do it. And former NHL coach uh, John Tortorella said he created a monster when Columbus swept Tampa Bay in 2019. Now the Lightning have won 11 consecutive playoff series ever since that time. What is it about this team that sees them coming back again and again, in your opinion? They're, I mean, we'll start with the obvious. They're a fantastic team. They have superstars at every position. They have uh, quite possibly the best goaltender in the league, arguably the best defenseman in the league, a former MVP up front, a former first overall pick there. They are stacked with talent. But the thing is, in today's NHL, just being stacked with talent is not supposed to be enough to have the same team win over and over again. And in fact, the same team isn't supposed to be able to win over and over and over again. I mean, you talk about this being the first uh, team to, to have a chance at three straight cups since the Islanders in the in the 1980s. That was a whole different league back then. Back then, you could spend whatever you wanted on players, whatever you could afford, whatever you could bring in. You just got whatever players you want, you locked them in, and those were your guys. And in 2005, the NHL introduced a hard salary cap, a limit on who could spend what. It was designed to make it so that teams as good as the Tampa Bay Lightning would only be able to be that good for a little while and then they'd be broken up because they wouldn't be able to afford to pay everyone and the Tampa Bay Lightning have 
been very smart with the contracts they've handed out. They've gotten good value that lets them stay under the salary cap. They have used a few loopholes in the rule book to go over the salary cap on a couple of occasions, but to do it legally, the league looks at it, the league said it's okay, they're doing the, what they're allowed to do, uh, and they're just a very smart organization, top to bottom. Great coaching, great ownership, great management, players want to go there, so even when they do lose a few guys here and there, which they did last summer, uh, they have guys lining up to come in and replace them, and the core is locked in long term. This is just a fantastic team in, in every area. You could go on down and, and check every box. Uh, this is the team that every other team wants to be when they grow up. Colorado have the opportunity to uh, to go the, against the trend, to buck the trend. They swept Nashville in the first round, took six games to beat the St. Louis Blues in the second, and then most impressively swept the Edmonton Oilers to make it into the finals. But because of that uh, that early success, actually haven't played hockey since June the 6th. Is there any concerns of rust there going into the, the finals for you? Yeah, there, there absolutely is. And in fact, we saw this in the previous series uh, in the Eastern Conference with the Tampa Bay Lightning. They swept their second-round series. <clears throat> they, ended, they went to the third round. They played the New York Rangers, who had just coming off a seven-game series. So the same sort of situation, a long layoff for Tampa Bay, a New York team that on paper is not as good as Tampa Bay, but wasn't rusty. And New York won the first two games of that series. And it wasn't really until game three of that series that Tampa seemed to find their legs and get back on track and that is the conventional wisdom in hockey is that when you have this situation one team's been off for a long time one team has not the team that is coming in off the long rest very often has a tough first game maybe a tough first two games as the series goes on it starts to catch up because fatigue and injury and all of that is a big factor in the playoffs and having that rest does help you as you go but certainly I I think a lot of us are looking at that game one and saying this is a big opportunity for Tampa Bay to go into Colorado and steal one before Colorado can get their legs and get the full power. Well, that's an interesting point that you make, actually. How how big uh, do you figure home advantage might well be in this series? You know, typically when you've got two teams as good as this, it hasn't been that big an advantage in the NHL lately, especially the last few years. used to be a bigger deal. But remember, home ice advantage goes to the best team. So in theory, you would expect there to be a pretty significant home ice advantage just because the best teams should win more often than not. But that gap between the good teams and the pretty good teams and the so-so teams is so thin in the NHL these days, or at least it's supposed to be, that we've seen home ice kind of disappearing. Now, that has Having been said, the last little while we've seen some series where it has been a big deal. Carolina Hurricanes went through two full seven-game series, and the visiting team didn't win a game until the very last one of those. And in that New York-Tampa series, New York-Tampa were trading home wins right up until game six when uh, Tampa was the first one. So, you know what? It it is going to be a factor. The crowd, obviously, in in Colorado is going to be very, very loud. We know Tampa fans are are into it. Uh, It's it's two uh, markets that up here in Canada, Canada, we think of as non-traditional markets. These aren't teams that have been around forever, like Toronto or Montreal or New York. Um, but they've got great fans. They're going to get really, really loud. The thing is, both of these teams are just so good. I don't see them being impacted that much by the crowd. I could see them just shaking it off. And I, I do think you're going to see at least a few wins by the visiting team in this series. It's just going to be a question of which team can jump up and get them. So if Tampa don't start well, just say they get themselves into a bit of a hole, down a couple of games, would uh, would you see them rushing back uh, Braden Point into the lineup when he hasn't played since May the 14th, or do you think they have the depth to stay on course and trust what they've got at the moment? It's been ex- 
extremely impressive that they've been able to win two series without him. He got hurt in the last game against Toronto in round one, uh, and he's a very, very good player. The, the, quite possibly their number one center, maybe their number two. Uh, he and Steven Stamkos are both excellent. Uh, but he's been a guy that, especially in the playoffs, has really elevated his game. And, and that injury against Toronto, that looked really nasty. It looked like the sort of injury where you say, okay, we're not going to see this guy for the rest of the playoffs, no matter how long they go. But in the last series against New York, there was some talk. We saw him skating a little bit. There was there was some uh, uh, conjecture that maybe he might join the team. At this point right now, it does look like he's going to play in this series. We don't know if it's going to be in game one. John Cooper, the coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning, today was asked about that. He said, you know what, there's a chance for game one, but if it's not game one, there's a really good chance that it's game two. So, uh, you know, Tampa Bay is not going to panic if they fall behind in this series. We saw them get smoked in game one against Toronto. Didn't matter. They came back. We saw them lose the first two against New York. Didn't matter. They came back. So there's not going to be any panic moves. They won't rush anyone in the lineup. But it does sound like Braden Point's going to be ready really soon and maybe as soon as uh, being good to go in game one. On this side of the world, uh, Sean, you'd be interested to know that uh, Colorado, are, uh, at our betting agency anyway, are a dollar fifty to win the Stanley Cup outright, while Tampa Bay is at two forty. So that's quite a distinct advantage uh, the bookies are giving Colorado. Uh, do you see it uh, to be in that favour from your point of view? That, that's maybe a bit of a wider spread than I might give it. I did make Colorado my pick, both at the start of the playoffs and uh, at the start of this series. We do we put our picks out on the Athletic, and and I was on the, the Colorado side. Uh, they they are just a fantastic team, and and you know you talk about Tampa Bay being the team that always gets it done. Colorado has not up until now. Colorado has been the team that on paper looks like they should be right there with Tampa Bay, but every year they would fall short, and this is the year that it's finally all come together. And they really seem, at least for this big, long layoff, like they were just absolutely hitting full stride, uh, playing absolutely as well as they could play. They just rolled over a very good Edmonton Oilers team, uh, and uh, they've looked fantastic. Again, you, you do wonder about the layoff, and certainly you cannot count out Tampa Bay at this point. I mean, any, to win 11 straight series in this NHL, this modern version of the NHL, is not supposed to be possible. So I can't imagine that anybody is saying, oh, Tampa's got no chance, Tampa's, Tampa's a big underdog. But that being said, this is the best team that Tampa has faced at any point in this stretch of, of winning series and winning Stanley Cups is this Colorado Avalanche. And I do think it's their time. I do think they're going to get it done. But it's going to be a real close series, and it could come down to a goal here or a bounce there very easily. Who should we look for then uh, amongst the, the roster from the Colorado Avalanche to be the difference, the point of difference in the series? Is there any one or two players you could, you could help us with? I mean, the, the, big, the, the two big stars are, first of all, Nathan McKinnon up front. He's their top center, a former first overall draft pick. He is their superstar. He is uh, a guy that is one of the few guys who will occasionally have his name mentioned in the same tier as Connor McDavid of the Oilers, who is head and shoulders the best player in the league. Nathan McKinnon might be number two to him, and his big, biggest competition for that number two honor might be a kid named Kale McCarr, who is a relatively young defenseman. He's only been in the league for a few years. 
years, and it's it's rare to see defensemen do what he's doing at all, let alone to do it at that age. Uh, but he's just been absolutely fantastic. He, it, he's a uh, defenseman who scores goals, who generates offense, and is also very, very good in his own end. Um, those are the, the two guys that are um, absolutely the sort of young franchise players that any team in the league would be happy to build a, a team around. And the Colorado Avalanche have got both of them, which is, is why a lot of people are picking them to win this series. So yeah, an update on uh, Nazem Kadri, uh, who took a, a pretty awful hit in the last um, uh, playoff round, of course. Uh, is he, uh, he sidelined for game one or has there been any word on him? We haven't heard anything about him for game one, and, and that was another one where, like Braden Point, uh, when he got hurt, he got hit from behind into the boards. It was something with his hand. We think it's his thumb. Uh, it, there was an assumption that he was done for the playoffs, and then you started again to hear the rumbling. This is the playoffs, and, and up here, uh, it, you know, it, it doesn't matter. If you can walk, you can get to the arena, there's a good chance they're going to put you in the lineup. And it sounds like Nazem Kadri might be available at some point in this series. Doesn't sound like it's going to be game one. Doesn't sound like it's necessarily going to be the first half of the series, but he is a, a key player for this Colorado team, especially this season. Uh, they had a lot of injuries, were missing a lot of guys, and he stepped up in the lineup and, and did a fantastic job and had a breakout season, best season of his career. Um, it would be great for him to be able to finally get in and play in the Stanley Cup final. He played with the Maple Leafs a long time, so you know he wasn't having much opportunity there. Uh, and the Colorado Avalanche would, would love to have him. It does sound like if this series goes long, I wouldn't be uh, surprised if we see him, but uh, I would be surprised if it was early on, like game one or two. Talking to uh, Sean McIndoe out of Ontario, Canada, about the Stanley Cup, which uh, starts tomorrow, one of the great sporting events uh, in the world. Uh, Andre Vasileski, um, Sean, arguably the best hockey goalie in the world. So how do Colorado go about beating him when he's proven time and time again how clutch he is at this time of the competition? It, that's exactly it. I mean, he is not just the best goaltender in the world as far as what he does in a typical hockey season, but he seems to get better uh, in the playoffs, and especially as the playoffs go on, his record in games where the Tampa Bay Lightning have a chance to eliminate a team is just phenomenal. I mean, to the point where he doesn't, not only does he not lose in those games, he very rarely gives up a goal. So uh, that has to worry you if you're Colorado. I, certainly, I think if we see Tampa Bay winning this series, Andre Vasilevsky is going to be very near the top of, of the story that gets written about how they did it. Uh, he is the best goal. We just uh, might have lost Sean there in um, mid-track. Sometimes uh, I can't hear things and sometimes you guys can, so we're just hoping that uh, Sean hasn't dropped off the line um, there. Uh, he was giving us a real update there on the Stanley Cup and uh, particularly in terms of the goalkeepers. We're, we're going to call him back, hopefully, so we'll have him in a couple of minutes. I want to ask him about uh, who's going to start for uh, Tampa Bay in terms of their goalkeeper as well and uh, also the battle of the coaches between John Cooper and Jared Bedner. Um, sorry, uh, we lost you there for a second, Sean. We were just talking about Andre Vasilevsky and, and the possibility of who start, uh, who might start for Tampa and goal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it does sound like it's going to be Darcy Kemper, uh, who is uh, their regular starting goaltender coming off a very good season. But he's been hurt a couple of times in the playoffs, and it was a bit of a mysterious situation. Earlier in the playoffs, he took a stick 
in the in the eye, which is something that is not supposed to be able to happen. If you can picture a hockey goaltender, they've got that face mask on, but there are some thin areas in that mask where a stick at just the right angle could come in, and that's what happened to him. He missed a few games, then he came back, and then there was a situation against Edmonton where he was playing and everything seemed fine, and then he skated over the bench and, and said to the coaches, I'm not seeing well. I, I, can't, uh, I can't continue in this game. And they took him out, and it was a bit of a mystery, and we weren't sure when he'd be back if he'd be back. It sounds like at this point, according to the Colorado Avalanche, that Darcy Kemper is healthy and he's good to go, and, and it's just credit to uh, the Colorado Avalanche. Their backup goaltender, Pavel Francouz, is, is a is a perfectly adequate backup goaltender, but there are not many teams in the playoffs with so little margin for error that could lose a starting goaltender uh, and, and continue to advance without him, and they've done it a couple of times. It Fingers crossed he will be okay as the entire series goes on. Colorado's going to need him, um, but obviously his health will come first, and they'll, they'll be keeping a, a close monitor on that, make sure that uh, whatever problems he's been having with his eye doesn't come back in this series. Just looking at the two head coaches, John Cooper has led Tampa Bay to back-to-back titles, of course, going for three in a row. Jared Bedner is looking to bring home Colorado's first title since way back in 2001. So how do you compare their coaching styles? And as we look at them as coaches when we're watching this particular Stanley Cup playoff, what, what will we see from these two guys? The, the thing with John Cooper, he is quite a character. He, he's a fun guy. I, I've had some, some opportunity to hang out with him, uh, and, uh, and, and he's, a, he's a very interesting guy and, and doesn't take it all too seriously. There's a lot of NHL coaches that like to get up there and they scowl and they grumble and uh, they try to look like the tough guy. That's not John Cooper. He's not a guy who comes from a big hockey background or anything like that. So, uh, you know, he, he's a bit of a different guy. But he, the thing with him, especially in the playoffs, he just oozes confidence. Uh, if, if he's talking to the media after a game, win or lose, or even if his team has lost big, there's never any panic, there's never any concern. His message is always, we've got this. Don't worry, trust us, we know what we're doing. We're going to be okay. And you can just tell that that message comes across to the players and that they've really absorbed it because in the NHL playoffs, like I said before, so little margin for error. Something goes wrong, somebody makes a mistake, there's a bad call or an injury. It's very easy for teams to get off of track and, uh, and, and lose the focus, and you can't do that. Uh, and when you've got a coach like John Cooper, you don't have to worry about it because he's, he's just nice and calm, nice and steady. Now, Jared Bednar, a little bit more fiery, uh, a little bit more in that traditional mold. He's, he's a very interesting story himself because his first year in Colorado – Total disaster. The team was all. The team was as bad as any team has been that we have seen uh, under the new rules of the NHL. Uh, but he came in very, very late. There was an odd situation. The old coach quit, and he had to come in with very little time to prepare. A lot of people kind of looked at it, going, "Boy, I don't know about this guy." He's been great ever since. He's proven all of us wrong and shown that that he's a real good coach. And you know, in the NHL, as a coach, you can get the reputation for being a good coach and a, a dependable coach and, and all of that stuff. You don't get to be a great coach until you have a Stanley Cup ring on your hand. And John Cooper's got a couple of them. Uh, Jared Bednar has not been able to do it yet. And there, there's been some talk that, boy, would his job be in jeopardy if, if the Avalanche went out early again? Don't have to worry about that now. Now it's about him being able to fire his team up and, uh, and, and get that Stanley Cup. And it will be interesting to see, do we get any kind of back and forth, either through the media or even directly between these two coaches? Because very different styles, the fiery Jared Bednar and the kind of calm and, and almost at times smug John Cooper. If Tampa win, 
Uh, just say they do. Uh, upset the apple cart a wee bit here. That'd be four in four years for Pat Maroon, the big rig, as they call him. Uh, is that is that Hockey Hall of Fame material for you? Well, I mean, the amazing thing is that for for most players who have won the, the Stanley Cup four times, certainly four times in a row, you go down the list, most of them are in the Hall of Fame. But the thing is, most of them are great players. And Pat Maroon, and I, I say this with no disrespect to him, I, I'm sure he would agree with me, he's not a superstar in this league. He is not even a star in this league. He is a depth guy. He's a guy that plays on your third or your fourth line, doesn't play a lot of minutes. But when you put him out there, he's a veteran. He knows exactly what he needs to do and what not to do. You can trust him completely. Coaches love guys like that. Um, but you look at his, his career numbers, I mean, there is nothing close to Hall of Fame numbers. There's nothing close to, uh, to Hall of Fame uh, statistics and accomplishments, no awards, nothing like that. But he is a guy, I tell you, I, I don't think he's going to the Hall of Fame with four Stanley Cups in a row, but if it was the coaches who coached this guy who got to vote on that, I think he would probably be in because they absolutely love having a guy like that at the end of the bench. You can tap him on the shoulder a couple times a period, tell him to get out there, and you know exactly with total confidence that he's going to do exactly what he needs to do on that shift and then get back to the bench and he's not going to hurt you and he might end up helping you. Sean McIndoe, before we let you go, uh, anyone studying the statistics of the Stanley Cup will be fully aware of the fact that it's been since 1993, since uh, when the Montreal Canadiens actually won it, that a Canadian franchise has won the Stanley Cup. What is going on there? When will it change? You know what? I, I wrote a whole big piece at The Athletic last week trying to figure that out, and, and I don't think I came to a really firm answer. I, I, the answer is there's a lot of things going on. There have been some disadvantages for Canadian teams, especially economic under the old system. Uh, some of the Canadian teams have just flat out been bad for a few years. But, yeah, there's seven Canadian teams in a league that's been 30, 31, 32 teams. You would expect in 29 years they should have won three or four or five would be about what you would expect, and for it to be zero seems very unlikely. I know a lot of people blame the fans. They say the fans are too intense, or some other people say the fans are not intense enough. I, I don't buy into that. I do think Canadians are very set in our ways on how hockey is supposed to be played and, and uh, what the game is supposed to look like. Maybe that ends up hurting us. At the end of the day, maybe it's just some bad luck. I'll tell you the one thing it's not, though. It's not some grand conspiracy by the NHL to make sure that the American teams win. <laughs> I know there's a lot of Canadian fans who love that idea. They'll try to tell you it's all Gary Bettman and he's, he's uh, making sure that we don't win. Uh, that is not it, for sure. Um, but as far as what is going on, I don't know. I wish I knew. If I did, I'd uh, probably be hired by the Toronto Maple Leafs as, as their new team president tomorrow. It is the 2022 edition of the Stanley Cup. Uh, it starts tomorrow. We look forward to it uh, very much here on Sky Sport in New Zealand. Uh, and we look forward to it now with a lot more knowledge. Thanks to you, Sean McIndoe from the Athletics. It's been great talking to you uh, and getting an insight onto both sides. Thanks so much for your time. Right on. Anytime. Thank you. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91